One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Welcome back to another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Broadmarco. With me, as always, Mike Anderson. How are you doing today, Mike? You know, I'm, uh, I'm still still coming down from this game yesterday, I think. Yeah, no joke. I think it's probably about the second most adrenaline-laden um, game I think I've had next to the, the Miracle game. <clears throat> Just an insane game. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, I think we might need to add a little bit to our intro here. I think there's probably a couple moments we could add from the broadcast just in our intro that were just absolutely absurd. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, we might have to make this thing a, a rolling ad of the, the Viking season's moments as we go here. And hopefully we'll have several more to add here in the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> but before we get into that, yeah. before we get into this game and we look ahead to Dallas, what are you drinking tonight, Mike? What do you what do you got? What do you got? What do you got in the glass? Uh, you know, I have a double dry hopped hazy IPA from Shakopee Brew Hall. Uh, is, that, is that is that the hat you got on right now? That's also the hat I got on. Yeah. So, nice, nice. Yeah, recently moved down to uh, you know a little, a little south, a little west, and. It's a good spot. Nice, nice. Good to hear. I got water in my cup, as you can hear. My voice is uh, a little bit special right now, and that's uh, a <clears throat> part of coming off of a, a COVID situation, and then the game where you're screaming and, and whooping and hollering, and it's probably not going to get better for several weeks because I'm going to the Dallas game, so um, you're probably going to hear me like this for a good while, Mike, and I wouldn't yeah. do it any other way. <clears throat> Well, hopefully they give you, uh, you know, they give you some stuff to cheer about uh, at the Dallas. I mean, so. you you would think so, but if if you believe the Vegas oddmakers were were home underdogs to Dallas, who just blew a big lead, we'll talk about that later. But it doesn't really make much sense. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> so Mike, the Vikings roll into Buffalo. Yes. They go in there, 7-1, and one, don't really have a signature win, barely were able to beat the Washington Commanders, who are playing right now as we're recording. And I don't think there's a lot of fandom that really gave us a chance to win this game. I think a lot of us just wanted to be able to play well and play tight and not get blown out and see how you stack up against this team. And then we go in and what unfolds is what unfolds. So just general thoughts from the game before we get into our notes here, like, how did you come in and how did you leave this game? Because I think a lot of us came in and left way different. Um, so just question you there, Mike. I was just kind of curious what your mindset was coming into this game. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, certainly the Josh Allen elbow injury going through the week kind of uh, stunted some of the conversation about this matchup, uh, which 
might have actually worked in our fact or you know worked in our favor right it was maybe a bit of a distraction and the focus was on Josh Allen not as much about seven and one versus six and two um so I I went into the game uh you know once we found out later in the week that it you know there was a pretty good chance Josh Allen was going to play uh I went in with the mindset that you just laid out and I think locally nationally that was everyone they wanted to see Minnesota seven and one. They've won a lot of close games. They've gotten lucky and faced, uh, you know, Miami without Tua. They've, you know, uh, X Y Z. Right? Yes, they're seven and one, but are they legitimate? And, uh, you know, coming in this game, I just wanted it to be close. Right. I thought if the Vikings were in it in the fourth, uh, you know, and had a chance, uh, I thought. You know, that that was going to go a long way for me into knowing that we could compete with what is, I believe, still uh, the Super Bowl favorite from a vetting from a a Vegas betting standpoint. Now, obviously, they come out and and actually get the W. We'll talk about what that means uh, going forward. But even on the broadcast uh, in the fourth quarter, I don't know if you were listening to it or, you know, if you had you had it muted or you listened to PA, but the the. The broadcast that was on TV, right, the the TV mm-hmm. guy uh, said, even if Minnesota doesn't win this game, the fact that they were down 17, yep. came back to this point, you know, I think it makes us a legit contender. And, and watching certainly, I'm, I'm sure like all of us did, a lot of the national shows today was could not have been more excited for Good Morning Football to start right. up and, you know, any of this stuff. Um, and, I mean, I think – Everyone now says, listen, they're, they're for real. Uh, they're certainly going to have another opportunity or three here in a row to prove themselves. But I, I think this thing, this, this is a fast track for where I think you and I um, thought this could go. Uh, it just seems like everything's kind of going our way, which we're, we're not used to as Vikings fans. Right, absolutely. And I think one key moment there, like in the broadcast, right, where we fail to get it on the fourth and four inches, right, with the QB sneak. We fail it there. If yeah. the game ends right there, you still look at this team and you're like, holy crap, the Vikings gave the Bills all they could handle. But to come out of that and then the sequence of events that followed, you hate to say, like, oh, this is like the team of destiny because we kind of been down that route. But um, I forget who it was. It might have been, it might have been like a, one of the players – we're just talking about you. You get into so many situations, and now now we're what we're like six or seven in a row here, winning these games by one one possession, and and you're down in a lot of these games. You're down by fourteen. You're down by by ten. Whatever. Down by seventeen in this one, and you keep winning them, and then you keep winning them, and then you keep winning them, and and, and sooner than later it's, oh well we're down. We might come back. Now it's oh no, we can do this. We've done this before. We, now we're expecting to to turn it out, and Harrison Smith was doing some uh, some media spots before the game, and he was mentioning like even when they're down by 10, 17, whatever it is, they're not playing like they're down by that much. They're playing like they actually have a lead, and that's that's yeah. that mindset is huge, um, and and you can kind of see that in the field. They're taking chances, and it's paying off. Um, so yeah, it's it's wild to be in the spot, like you said. Um, we're not used to this, but if this is what it takes to build the confidence in the team, 
to, to build this trust that, okay, we're going to get it done. The offense didn't quite get done this time, but that's fine. The defense is going to get us another shot, and we're going to get back at it. The longer you can build that trust, the more you can rely on that and dig deep on that when you get in the games that actually matter in January, February. And it, it's exciting to see this team form around that, a team that is a large part unchanged from last year, where this wasn't the case. Yeah, and I, I think what's also exciting, uh, we talked about this before, both sides of the football seem like they're getting better every week, right? The def- It's a new defense they're, they're learning. You're seeing... I mean, Zadarius is probably a, a top candidate for defensive player he's, of the year he's right now. He's by pressure yeah. by, like, 10. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, Daniil Hunter, who's starting to show up, uh, you know, not only on the stat sheet, but in, in the game. You're, you're noticing him a lot more. Uh, Kendricks is starting to look a lot more comfortable. The young corners have emerged. I mean, Dantzler's been playing pretty well this year. Uh, Caleb Evans has been a, a great, nice little surprise. Ken Bynum has been, it's has just... been lights out, too. <clears throat> so... You're seeing this defense start to get better. You're seeing an offense that's starting to, you know, figure out how to unlock. You, you've got a big play from Dalvin this week. Uh, TJ Hawkinson continues to make big catch after big catch. He did have a couple drops there in the fourth. Or I shouldn't – he had a couple opportunities, I thought, that he could have, um, you know, made a play and, and didn't. But, you know, he seems like he's going to be a key component. Justin Jefferson, at this point, I mean – just throw the ball anywhere in the vicinity and the guy's going to come down with it. Uh, it just, it seems like everything, even though we're, uh, you know, we're eight and one, it seems like the team's just still, you know, getting better, still emerging. And I think that's where the excitement is. Uh, right. It, and again, it's, it's weird for us as a fan base because you're, you don't want to let yourself, you know, I send that gif all the time. I'm ready to be hurt yep. again. Uh, I think, I think the whole state at this point is is there. Right, and, and you mentioned uh, T.J. Hawkinson, and for one, I I absolutely love that trade. I, I don't know how you yeah. pull that off, but I love that trade. Not only the fact that one, it helps your offense, but it helps your offense and doesn't sink you into getting one of the wide receivers because there were several wide receiver names that were like linked to the Vikings. Like, hey, you know, this would be a good gift for them. This would be a good gift for them. But to get T.J. Hawkinson, who can do what he can do, and, and we've seen it these last couple of weeks. First week he was here, was like nine catches or something like that. We don't win in Washington without T.J. Hawkinson on the squad. <clears throat> Straight right. up, we just don't. And you could argue this game we don't win without him on the squad either because he makes those critical catches that we did not have even when Irv was here and relatively healthy. He's just making plays and taking that offense to the next level. And like you said, we haven't seen a clean game from the offense really yet. He he's doing he's he's kind of fulfilling you know, Kirk in previous years would always have Thielen as the failsafe right on third down. Yeah. You knew that ball was going there. Well, Thielen's taking a little bit of a step back. It's a different podcast, but you know he's noticeably I think a little bit slower right. He's he's finding a different spot in the offense. Uh, I think wide receiver two, quite frankly, is an area where you know. If we could manage to get Odell, you're the cap guy. I don't know if we could ever make that number work. Depends on how much he wants to be paid. I mean, if you could get him to move in here, I mean, this offense could be absolutely ridiculous. But uh, my point was that Hawkinson now seems to be stepping into that role where he's going to be the guy that might make these big catches, right? Right. Justin's going to have double, triple team. If Hawkinson can get one-on-one against anyone, he's so big 
um, you know, Kirk can put it up, just put it up high and, uh, he should have a great opportunity to really move the chains for us. So, uh, super excited about him. That trade, I agree, was great. You know, you look at, we did trade, um, we ended up giving up a second. Yeah. Um, second, third, second. but, but the thing is that what well, you got to realize Vikings are eight and one. So those picks are going to be very late in those rounds. And then you've got Detroit who is one of the worst teams in the league. Now they end up eking out the win here against Chicago this week, but their picks are going to be lower, right? So the difference in some of those picks might not be uh, that substantial, right? You might be looking at pick 60 and then, uh, you know, pick 70 or 65, something along those lines. Right. We we sent over a 23-2 and a 24-3rd. Okay. We got Hawkinson, and we got a fourth-round pick in 23 and a conditional pick in 24, which I think... So that third, that third and fourth would be where I'm right. saying our third round and their fourth round are probably going to be pretty close, right. you know. Um, so realistically, I think it's that first pick that you're giving up for Hawkinson. But he's a young player that's going to be. I mean, I'd love to see us extend him to be honest. Well, it, it, here's the thing: we can also put him on because um, he was a first round pick, correct? So I think he's got a fifth year option. Yeah, ninth overall, that, I think. Because that's that's Detroit's already picked that up, so we have that for next yeah, year. Yeah, two more years. I thought they said we have two more years of, or two years of team control. I, I think that I thought, includes this but... year. So I think next year is a fifth-year option. Okay. Um, excuse me there. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, so we have him there. And you don't really give up a ton of draft cap. But, yeah, you swap some picks around. You maybe downgrade your pick a little bit. But even if I told you, hey, your second-round pick is going to be a tight end that turns into TJ Hawkinson. Are you really mad at that? No. So... Oh, anyway, not to bang that drum, but that trade was completed, I don't know, it feels like four months ago now, um, but <clears throat> getting into this game, Mike, I I wrote down a couple MVPs, feel free to, to add to this list, but in this game, Vikings versus Bills, MVPs of the game, just because of they stepped up when we needed it most, first one, Blake Brandell coming in, in relief of Darisaw, who went out with a concussion. He played 39 snaps. I think there was like 88 snaps total in this game. Um, something like that on offense, which is, first off, absurd. But Blake Brandell comes in, 39 snaps, gives up one sack, I think two pressures, but was just basically lights out. I think he had like an above 80 grade in pass protection. <clears throat> to come in there in short notice, left tackle no less, and to perform that well, that's absurd. And if you're not watching out for this guy, he this is his second year. So we're going to have team control on him for another two years. This guy has potential to be a starting tackle, I think, in the league. And he's sitting there as a backup swing tackle for us. It's, it's absurd value. And lucky that he's on our squad. Yeah, I mean, it's... Listen, the, the offensive line is a big reason that this team is 8-1. and one. Uh, for the most part, Cousins is seeing protection. Um, you know, uh, Peter Schrager was talking about that today on, on Good Morning Football. You know, it, they're keeping Cousins upright. He's taking a few hits. Mm-hmm. He's getting, but it's after the ball's out, right? Um, he seems a little bit more comfortable this year in the pocket. Uh, and so, you know, absolutely not only Brandell, but the, the, the entire offensive line. Uh, it, it's certainly going in the right direction. I even, um, 
you know, some of the guys that have maybe struggled at times, they've also shown some really highlight reel plays as well. And, and rather than, I mean, you remember this show, all we did every week was talk about how bad the offensive line was. It was, that was the narrative. And it, it finally is, you, you always, you always said it best. If you, if we're not talking about the offensive line, that means they're doing their job. Right. right? Uh, and so we, nobody's talking about the offensive line this year, other than maybe Darisaw and O'Neill being two of the best in the game. Um, they're just, they're doing their thing. And, and uh, Darisaw, I believe his concussion protocol will hope, uh, that you know they're back. Obviously, Dallas's <clears throat> defense can uh, you know present some some difficult situations. They've got some guys on that side of the ball. So, uh, but yeah, Brandell, uh, hell of an effort. Um, really, just can't speak high enough of, of his game. Yeah, you, you talk about the offensive line, and I've I've been tracking this all year. If you follow me on Twitter at Namok Seven, um, every week I go through their PFF grades and. <clears throat> just kind of track to see how they're all doing. And every single week, Garrett Bradbury is just up there. He's having a career season in a contract season for, for Garrett Bradbury. He's going to make that decision very difficult for us next year on what to do with that position. Because he's having a very solid year. And the only real weakness on this line is the rookie Ed Ingram. And he's going to get better. And you mentioned, you know, even the guys that are bad are having highlight real plays. You look at some of the plays that Ed Ingram is able to do in the run, the run game, and he just mauls people. So yeah, he's struggling a little bit in pass pro right now. That's fixable. He's just young. He's gonna get there. But this entire O line right now is functioning very well. I cannot say enough about the coaching staff who's who's got a, a hold of these guys and, and is coaching them up. And Darius right now is is the top ranked tackle in the league. Um, and it's it's insane to have that. Like we haven't had bookend tight uh, bookend tackles for it feels like decades i mean the last time was was what phil Oldholt and um what's his name i can't even remember now it's been so long <laughs> but yeah yeah it's <clears throat> the vikings will go as far as the o-line will take them <clears throat> essentially what I'm yeah that. so <clears throat> phenomenal game from them um my next mvp uh duke shelley just because he had an amazing pass breakup. I don't know if you saw that one. Um, yeah. Key pass breakup. Came in a couple snaps, I think, because um, Evans went out with a concussion. And I, I guess probably there was another injury there for a couple snaps. But comes in, he was just a, just signed on the practice squad like last week. So him to come in short notice and, and ball it like that. <clears throat> I mean, you can't ask for much more. Yeah. I believe the throw was intended for... Uh, Knox, their their tight end and uh, big guy, and and Shelley, uh, certainly not that that big of a guy. I think, stature I think wise, like, I think it was like a foot like and a half nine. difference or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just a great. But that's the thing, guys are guys are coming in and playing for each other, right? And it's it's just awesome to see. Uh, you can you can certainly see it in the videos from the locker room, yeah. uh, the plane rides, like. This team just has some unity that we haven't seen in a while. And, uh, you know, I, I think that is, that's coming from the change in the coaching staff. And, and you and I were Mike Zimmer fans, uh, yet for a few years we had been saying that we thought we needed a change. They finally make it, and now you're starting to see uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're starting to win when you've still got guys like Harrison Smith, Kendricks, right. um, you know, even Cousins, right? You've got this core of veteran players that we thought we could win with, and we won a little here and there, but maybe this is a year that they can actually make a serious run at this thing because, you know, those guys have really put in the work uh, over the last handful of years, and, and I'd love to see him get rewarded with, you know, a deep playoff run. Well, and, and this this is kind of like my theory with the whole the Lions and Dan Campbell. And I, I think I mentioned to you before, um, I don't think Dan Campbell is going to be the one that's going to get the Lions into a spot where they're going to make the playoffs consistently. He's going to get them there. They're going to start scraping the top. They're raising their expectation. And that's what Mike Zimmer did when he came in here. He, he raised the expectation from where it was <clears throat> to a level that was – consistent contender all right he didn't quite get us over the hump but he raised the expectation enough and then you come in here with a new coach who's already got that groundwork on there with you know a good solid base of players and they understand this is the expectation we need to shoot higher but this is the floor and then that's where you see how all that past work with with some of these guys that are still here where that can start launching you to so it's exciting to see where this goes from here. I mean, obviously, we, if we get to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, like that's that's an amazing for first year head coach. Um, but <laughs> we we got a long way to go for that. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. What about you, Mike? Do you have any MVPs? I got one more on my list. You have an MVP you want to add to the list here? I mean, I I think, and I know we're gonna do a, a whole segment about him here in in just a moment, but it's I mean. You've got to talk about Justin Jefferson, uh, just absolutely a monster, uh, contested catches, um, just getting into spots in triple coverage. Uh, it, the guy just is incredible. And I mean, it, it's we got to watch Randy Moss, right? You know, I'm old enough to remember Chris Carter for mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, to think and and. I don't think anyone's going there yet, but I mean, Jefferson is tracking to be one of the all time, you know, great receivers. He's, he's doing things at this early stage of his career that just hasn't been done by anyone, Moss included. Great. There's that stat. What is the um, most hundred yard games in your first three years of your career? Um, First one was Odell at 19, Moss at 19. And now he's at 20 and there's still eight more games yet this season. So it's yeah. it's absurd what this dude is able to do, and if his trajectory continues, like we're it's similar to AP, like you're watching a Hall of Famer before your eyes as a Vikings fan. So, like, yeah, it's super fun to watch, but just try to take little mental snapshots of this because you're not gonna see this again for quite some time with a guy quite this prolific. And we we got yeah. flash of that with Diggs, and you know nothing against Diggs, but this feels like it's a different level. <clears throat> yeah. Yep, I would agree. So, my last MVP I have on here is Ed Friggin Donatel, defensive coordinator for the Vikings. Held the the Buffalo Bills to six points in the second half in overtime. Like, you can say what you want about, you know, McDermott's decision to go for it in the fourth and two there at the five, like, and all that stuff. But... He's the epitome right now of, like, the bend-don't-break defense. He's bending, right. and then you get an interception, or you force a fumble or something like that. And he's he's got these guys playing where they always feel like that's possible. 
And I think that's why, like I, said, like I was talking before we started here, we're tying the league at, at takeaways. That doesn't happen by accident. I mean, some of that is, is puck luck, but a lot of that is believing and being in the right spot and being patient and being aggressive when you when you can afford to be aggressive. And it's got us in a great position because if you don't do that, these games are over way before. Like, and then you steal the game with that interception, second interception from Pat Pete. Like, I don't know. The defense doesn't feel like it plays that well, but when you get in the second half, I challenge you to look at the defense and just look at how well they clamp down in the second half of some of these games. Yep, and I mean they're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get another test this week, right? You've got Dak, you've got uh, CD, you've got, I mean, Pollard's been balling out, so um, it just seems like week after week you're against playmakers, and and they continue to. Uh, continue to win football games so week after week we'll just have our own playmakers that are going to get interceptions and force some fumbles and get some sacks at opportune times um yeah so that's it for my MVPs. i mean we, we can move on to the next step here which is justin jefferson Jeff, justin jefferson is an alien and he's just visiting here man like <laughs> he's on pace right now for 2002 yards 118 yards per game average 15.36 yards per catch average. Just think about that. Think about that. 15 plus yards per catch average. That's absolutely absurd. Yeah. He's at 69 receptions right now. Pretty nice number. And he's on pace for 130, 130 catches. Like, I don't know what more you can ask out of a receiver that he's not giving. Like, maybe touchdowns because he's a little bit late on touchdowns. But anything you ask him to do, he's getting you. Yeah, and I think uh, I look at the Hawkinson addition is really going to help here. Um, I think early on, uh, early on the season, certainly the Eagles game, you know, Cousins had an off game. He had a little bit of pressure. He was trying to force the ball, uh, had a couple interceptions, trying to target Jefferson. But now you're seeing the line give Cousins a little bit more protection. You're seeing Hawkinson come in and, and open up the field a little bit more. K.J. Osborne starting to be a little bit more involved. Um, it seems like they're finding ways to either get Jefferson into, you know, coverages that he can win or, uh, g- at least generate space. Even if it is, even if he is double covered, uh, they're, they're, they're finding him pockets to get into. And so, uh, again, I think this is just going to continue to get better, uh, assuming, you know, the line play stays Hawkinson remains healthy, um, I mean, I think you're going to see this kid absolutely go off on the second half of the season. I think it's something that might help that a lot <clears throat> is if we continue to push more balance with the running game of Delvin Cook. Like, <clears throat> our line is lights out in, in run blocking. You need to be pushing that advantage more. And the more you can do that, the more you make them commit to stopping that run, the more you're going to have Justin Jefferson on just double coverage, Right. And right. Justin Jefferson versus Devil Coverage, I'll take that all day, every day, 20 times. Because he's going to friggin' win 19 of those 20. So, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a joy to watch this kid and just the circus catches he comes down with. We don't even need to talk about the catch. You all know, listening to this, what catch we're talking about when we say the catch. 
that is now going to be the highlight reel catch for the next decade plus. Like, it's yeah. And it's weekly you get something like that. It's just absurd. You know, and I got I got a six month old, a two and a half year old, right? Some cute kids. They're normally the phone background, but I I think if that's going to be the new phone. This background? might be my background indefinitely. Yeah. You know, it's I don't. <laughs> It's just, it's, we'll see, it's, just, but it's so beautiful, Mike. I, I love the sideline reaction, too. You know, because in, I don't know if you've watched that, but initially, everyone on the sideline is thinking, there's no way. Like, he can't come down with it. And then he kind of comes up with it, and it, they just, everyone goes nuts. Yeah. And it, oh, what a game. Absolutely, what a game. It's huge. Um, yeah, so I have on here last driving regulation was special. Um, I think from both the Vikings and the Bills side, there were a lot of absurdities, right? <clears throat> the, the 12 men in the end zone one, that one was in overtime. But yeah, I just, uh, it's so frustrating to me when Keep the officials it. almost give away the game. Yeah, the Davis was in regulation. Um, you know, he makes that diving catch on the sideline. Uh, no, he made that diving Grant, catch the ball. Yeah, attempts, yeah. And uh, obviously it's it's under two minutes, so it's got to come from the booth. And the thing was, it's, it was a long enough, uh, you know, it was a long enough throw that there was time. It wasn't like this five-yard out where all of a sudden they're, boom, they're right there ready to snap it. I mean, there was absolutely enough time for somebody to send that down hey we need to check this play out uh they never do they start to show the replay you can clearly see he doesn't catch it and i mean it's a massive massive play that uh thank god didn't end up hurting us but yeah um certainly some missed calls there right as good as that game was it wasn't the greatest game from an officiating standpoint no by a mile um they were letting them play i will give them credit for that uh I wasn't loving it because it looked like Jefferson and everyone was getting uh, mugged on almost every play, but they they were letting them go. I, I will give I'll give there, them that. There was a replay where there's there's a Thielen like crosser route, and he just basically like, a defender basically runs into him and bowls him over, and I mean it it likely would have been declined anyway because I think we picked up like 17 or 20 in the play, but it was like come on, you're not even gonna attempt to throw the flag at that. Yeah. Like I, I understand letting him play, but if you're gonna let him play, then why are you flagging T.J. Hawkinson for offensive PI, and that one in the end zone? Right. Like, come on. Right. It's frustrating. Yeah. I, what do you do? Let's... I just, I just hope for the Vikings' offense sake that the struggles we had in the red zone don't continue because there were several times where we had it at the one or the two, and then you got third and seventeen. And it's like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. That sh- we should not have that problem. Yeah, it, it, the uh, the short, you know, the third and one runs or the first and goal from the three and they know where you're going to run, uh, those did not go well. Um, again, I think that's something they're going to continue to learn from. And, I mean, O'Connell's not afraid to pass the ball on – third and one fourth and one you know anything in one uh they have not only this last game but throughout the year 
if it's fourth and one, fourth and two, and you've got Dalvin, one of the best running backs in the league, uh, behind a line that's been doing pretty well for him, uh, he is still throwing the ball more often than not. And so it is what it is. I know in the past with Zimmer, we used to complain that we would never not throw it, but at this point, it's kind it's, of... It's gone the other, it's know, gone the other way. Like, yeah. If you know you're going for it on fourth and one, and you have a third and one and a fourth and one, you got to run it on one of those. Well, and, and this, the the reason I had an issue, because on third and one, specifically to this game, the clock would have started to run. So the Bills would have gotten way less time there because uh, they ended up going down and scoring a touchdown right before halftime. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I think if, if you run that on third and one, even if you don't get it, you're pulling, you're pulling, you know, 40 seconds off the clock. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. You hate to nitpick things when we end up winning the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hell of a win overall. I mean, if you're a Vikings fan, you're loving everything because you're getting talked about uh, all over. Last we looked, yeah, uh, Washington is still beating the Eagles uh, midway through the They're third. They're actually in the red zone so, right now, up 20 to 14. So, I mean, if somehow Washington ends up winning that football game, uh, I got to imagine you're going to have to see Minnesota jump to the top spot in almost every every power ranking. I mean, what the Chiefs would maybe be the only other one that you could have a few people. Yeah. Yeah. So Some of those are just like, I have no idea what you're thinking, but whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's exciting times. Enjoy it, you know. Watch all the clips you can. Uh, it, it's fun, and and you know what, we're gonna get another chance to show off because it's, I, I believe it's the game of the week, right? That three twenty five slot yep. against Dallas. You're gonna be there. Uh, you know, it's, yep. it's just fun, fun to be a fan right now. It's that. <clears throat> Technically, we, if stuff plays out correctly. Um, we technically might be able to clinch the division on Thanksgiving with a win at Dallas and a win against the Patriots. But we can get into that later. <clears throat> Last couple things on the Bills. Then we'll take our break and we'll talk about Dallas. Um, were you aware of this, Mike, that since 1968, when Buffalo is leading by 14 plus at the half, they are 52 and 1? I am now aware of that, yes. Yeah, so the Vikings are that one. So <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and then there's a point down here, I think you added here, Kirk is balling. Is that correct? Yeah. Um <clears throat> Yeah. I just wanted to mention this. You might look at Kirk Cousins' stats and see them down from last year. That is not a bad thing. Because he's taking more chances and he's absolutely lights out when you need him to be lights out. Some of the some of the balls that he was placing, and some of his like the zip he had on some of these passes, on on the last drive we had in regulation, absolutely absurd. And then in yep. in the overtime as well, dude is just lights out when he needs to be. But you put that point in there, so you, yeah. you tell me what, what what you got for Kirk. Well, I mean, it's just you know I've been all over the board. It's been uh, for the most part through the Zimmer era more down on on Cousins, but at this point under O'Connell, I mean, I'm starting to think I'm starting to think extension. I'm starting to think how do we get this guy for the last three, four, five good years 
um, you know, pairing him with JJ Hawkinson, right. I'm thinking of this offense going forward. Um, you know, our guy, Matt Anderson, uh, from the climbing the pocket network, friend of the show just tweeted out that he's got, uh, he's sixth in the NFL in big time throws, which is a, a PFF grade that basically says, uh, you're throwing it into a tight window down the field with great timing and accuracy, right? Huge. That's what we've wanted mm-hmm. him to do. And that's, and there's it, it, like going back to what we were saying earlier, they're starting to do this more now than they were earlier in the season. I think through the first five, six weeks, we were the lowest, uh, like the average pass depth. We were one of the worst in the league. Like, and, you know, they were, he was on average in like six, seven yards. Now you're seeing, we're starting to unlock some things downfield. He's throwing the ball. We're picking up chunk yardage, which is then allowing the run game to, I mean, again, it's starting to get fun. Uh, Cousins is playing some of the best football I think we've ever seen him play. I know he's had stretches, yeah. but man, he is, he's balling out. I mean, and you know, it's fun to see him with the chains on, uh, Kirk chains. It's good. It's a good yeah. time right now. <clears throat> it is just to note that's like part of that big time throw metric is interceptions happen with that because when you're making those big time throws, you're throwing them in the tight windows. And when you're playing against high level DBs, they're going to naturally make plays. Like you can't prevent a DB for making a really good play on the ball. Like it just, you just can't do that. Like there was a, was it the, um, I think it was Arizona, that D Hopkins touchdown catch. That shouldn't be a catch, but D Hopkins just makes a ridiculous freaking play. And now it's a catch or the, the digs catch snatching on the midair. Like you can't defend against that. It's just sometimes you make good plays. So I would much rather have the interception level where he's at right now with those big time throws than the other way around where it's conservative Kirk and, and you see this offense shrink. Yeah. So <clears throat> enjoy it while you got it. Like you said, Kirk is balling out. He's having fun. Like this is the most personality you've seen out of Kirk Cousins ever in his career. Like enjoy it because this this is this is what you want. You want this guy to get as much swagger as he could possibly muster. Because that's that's gonna give him the confidence when we get into some of these tougher games. Right, right. All right, Bills, let's wrap it up there. So we'll take a little break here, and then we'll come back with some Dallas. And we're back with some Dallas, Mike. That's Dallas. Dallas Cowboys, who, 6-3, and three, I want to say? Um, Is that correct? Or... <laughs> I think that's correct. Now you have me questioning. Uh... Washington just kicked a field goal, by the way, so they are up nine with five minutes left in the third. Okay. I'd like them to be up more than that, but you know what? We'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Dallas. So, I mean, a lot of playmakers. Uh, certainly, if you're a fan of the NFL, you've heard about the emergence of Micah Parsons, um, you know, one of the best young defensive players in the NFL. Uh, Stefan Diggs' brother is on the team, a, a player that makes a lot of interceptions but also tends to give up a lot of yardage. Comes with territory when you're that and aggressive got, on the interceptions. Yeah, and and then you've got, you know, the likes of uh, Dak Prescott back from, uh, I think it was a hand injury thumb, or thumb yeah. injury. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, explosive player, had a huge week last week. 
uh, you know, Zeke Elliott's still there. He's been banged up a little bit. So Tony Pollard's been getting a lot of the run and he's been really running well. So, uh, they've, they've got a lot of weapons there on both sides. Uh, and they're coming off of, I think they have, they were up 14 going into the fourth against, uh, Green Bay. Right. And what were you telling me? They were 152 and 0 or 195 and 0 when entering the fourth quarter leading by 14. <clears throat> Yeah, so something tells me that they're going to be a little, uh, a little fired up. Yep. And, you know. But Mike, we're we're gonna have to. They have to play at historic U.S. Bank Stadium. They do, and you're gonna. And be I'm there. gonna be there, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, let's hope it's good. I'm trying to think, have I ever been to? I don't think I've ever been to a Dallas game. First time for everything, Mike. Um, <clears throat> yeah. No, like you said, in Dallas is six and three by the way, which is good enough for third in that division, which is kind of absurd. That NFC East division is quite a stacked piece of division for sure. <clears throat> um, right. But so Dallas, yeah, like like we mentioned, their, their D line. I think their D line is one of the top in pressures. Um, how do we go about breaking down Dallas? Because they're still a dangerous football team. I I, I think. We should beat them, but what are you worried about with Dallas? Well, I mean, Vegas is apparently saying that, you know, we're not going to beat them, I guess. So, okay, uh, start with Vegas. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, you know, it's it's going to be uh, – I guess it be a fun game. I, th- I think you're going to see a lot of big plays. Um, obviously, I would love to see how Darisaw uh, – you know, I don't know – is Dantzler, uh what's the Dantzler timing or situation on his? I haven't, um, I don't think I saw necessarily an update, but. Uh, well, Dantzler was put on IR. He, okay, he was with, for four. I, I, so think, I, I think I, I assume it's going to be like four weeks. weeks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Derisaw, uh, Evans, right? Those are going to be some pretty crucial, hopefully they can be healthy. Uh, but. You know, CeeDee Lamb's a, a hell of a player. I think he's one of the best young receivers, you know, outside of Justin Jefferson and, and, and maybe a couple other guys. He's explosive. He's probably going to get some chunk yardage. Their offense can move the ball. And so um, I'm viewing this as probably a, another high-scoring game. I think I'd be betting the over. Uh, and, and I think you just have to uh, hope that the uh, opportunistic defense that we've been seeing, right, whether, whether it be Patrick Peterson or – um, Kendrick's coming up with a big play here. Uh, I, I think you're going to have to be on the right side of that turnover battle because Dak does turn the ball over. Uh, and I think there's going to be opportunities for our guys to do that. And if they can leverage that into the crowd noise that hopefully you'll be helping out with, um, I think that's your path to victory. But I, I expect this to be a tough game. You know, I won't be shocked if this is a three, four point game. Uh, Dallas is certainly a good football team. And like I said, they're coming off a loss uh, and not a very good one. And so uh, when you look at balancing that with Minnesota coming off the emotional uh, win that they just did, right, that could be a combination for uh, maybe a bit of a letdown game. But I'm not going to guess that because, again, this seems like a completely different team. Yeah. And I think they're, they're focused, they're ready. Uh, but I'd, I'd expect the shootout at uh historic uh 
U.S. Bank Stadium. I would love that. I think that'd be that'd be a fun game to be a part of. Um, <clears throat> I think the way we match up against Dallas is <clears throat> it feels like it's strength on strength, right? It's their defense is it's carried that team quite a bit over the last. Uh, I mean, yeah. when when Dak was out, um, I think they dropped one game out of those like four or five that that Dak was out. <clears throat> so that defense is phenomenal. It's going to give you trouble. Um, are they better than the Bills' defense? I don't know. They're probably about equal. Maybe they have a bit better pass rush. But if you can continue to keep Cousins clean or clean enough, um, I think you're going to have enough enough juice to get it done. I think I'm with you. I'm a little bit worried about the the emotional roller coaster that the team was just on. But I feel like this coach and what we've been through this entire year has kind of tempered that a little bit on us. So. Maybe we start out a little bit slow, but I think we're going to be okay. We're going to settle down. We're going to be fine. Um, and then the defense side, I think we just we got to force mistakes. We got to get our D line has to get after them. And I think that's the other key piece I'm looking at is Delvin Tomlinson. Is he going to be back this game? I think he was close to be back for the Bills. If he's back for this game, I think you stand a much better chance of getting meaningful pressure to Dak and force some of those those errors that we're talking about. Yeah, and I mean, Daniil, right? Uh, Darius and Daniil are going to have to to play a big part of that, uh, right? Trying not to lose contain, but luckily, uh, you know, they've got enough speed there that, you know, they can make up for it if, if they do. Uh, I think if the Vikings are going to win this in, you know, a dominant fashion, you know, if we want to look at how that could be an outcome, I think it's a game where Dak sacked, you know, five, six, seven times, right? We just get to them. We're frustrating. Uh, You're shutting down the run game at that point. And if they can't slow down our offense, you get up big and it just kind of, you know, steamrolls from there. So uh, certainly could see that again. I think the, the crowd is probably going to be absolutely. The crowd is going to be absolutely absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. Cause you know, people are, are looking to get to the game. They're, uh, excited you're coming off this it's the talk of the town right it it's gonna be a fun one um 325 game yeah. so you know uh, people got plenty of time to get a little, a little bit lit up before tuned yep. up uh, tuned up beforehand and um yeah i mean it, it should be fun it's gonna be a na- nationally televised game here right so i i'm i'm excited to watch all right <clears throat> What what do we got for predictions on this game? Not necessarily score, but any other aspect you want to predict in this game before we get into the score? I think Justin Jefferson stays hot. I think he's got – he goes for – I think he's going to get in the end zone twice. Um, wow. And I think he goes for – I think he's over 150 yards and in, in a couple scores. 150 plus and two scores for JJ. <clears throat> I like that. I like that stat line. That help out all my fantasy teams because he's basically on every single fantasy team I have. <clears throat> so I would take that. I would take that a lot. <clears throat> I, I think his game is going to be run a bit different. Um, I think we've seen a, we haven't seen it all the time, but a lot of times after JJ has a big game, he ends up getting clamped down pretty hard the following game. Yeah. So I think my prediction is, I think you're going to see Dalvin get in for two. Um, and I think he's going to be the one that's going to put up the 150 plus on the ground. 
Because <clears throat> to me, it just feels like that's going to be the type of game we're going to win against Dallas. It's just going to be it's going to be mauling, grind it out type of game, and I, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a product of our D line just frustrating Dak, and my view of dominant win in this case is we win something like twenty to thirteen, but it never feels that close. You know what I'm saying? Like <clears throat> you're just frustrating them and you're making them punt so many times, and you just the, the final score is like twenty to thirteen and you just win. That's that's kind of game that I feel yeah. that, that's going to happen. And I mean, I I would normally agree with you in pr- in prior years, but I just this team just doesn't seem like they want to win that way. You know, they at this point it seems like they're they're going to throw the ball. They're going to you know they're going to try to move chunk yardage. Um, and I agree that early on Jefferson did get clamped down. I think once, maybe twice this year. But at this point, with the addition of Hawkinson. I don't know how – I don't think there's a blueprint yet to slow him down. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just – I'm saying he continues this this run. I mean, I, I think I think another big game from him. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> All right, final score prediction. What do you got, Mike? I'm going to go 31-27 Vikings. 31-27. Is, is it close or is that, is that, is that 27 – is that super late? It's close enough, but it's it's um, it's not like a super sweat, you know. I think uh, Dallas gets the ball with you know maybe a minute ten left and uh, has to go the length of the field and they don't even cross midfield type of a thing, you know. Um, yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'm gonna stick with my low scoring prediction. I'm gonna go 24-10 Vikings. I, I think I think okay. we're just going to clamp them down on defense, and they're not going to get much going. <clears throat> and that crowd is just going to be absolutely absurd at 3:25 at historic U.S. Bank Stadium. I'm jealous, man. I got uh, I got a birthday party to go to at like 3:30, 4 o'clock that day. Well, you, so you can wish my mom happy birthday because it's the game is on her birthday. Oh, that's on that's uh, the yeah, mother-in-law's yeah. birthday as well. Nice, so. nice, yeah. So. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited for it. Um, haven't been to a game yet this year. So, always a fun time when you go down to their stadium. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Have you been down there this year? No. Uh, there's talks of maybe going to the Thanksgiving game. So, we'll see if that we'll see if that pans out. Fun but, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm going to get to a game this year for sure. So. Not that one. I know Colts game tickets were, were fairly reasonable from what I heard. So, um, yeah, but yeah, man, eight and one, still having fun. This this team just like we said, and like I think you hear a lot of people say, it feels different. It feels like one of those years where it's just different. The team is is bonding differently. Everything just feels like it's it bounces your way a little bit better. And all that is the little minute details that we're doing right. So, yeah. <clears throat> last thoughts, Mike? Just eight and one, having fun, and uh, look at nine and one, continue the run. Nine and one, continue the run. I love it. All right. Thanks for listening. Again, I'm at the mock seven.
Uh, musky underscore Mike. So come check us out on Twitter. We love interacting with you guys over there. So eight and one, having fun. Nine and one, continue the run. Skull Vikes, let's keep it rolling. Skull.